Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Angela Potter on the show, and she's going to be talking about how to improve your egg quality, especially if you have PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. We'll talk about some specific things that you can do as well and why so many people today are having issues with fertility. One in six people one in six couples rather, are having issues with fertility around the world. So it has nothing to do with your your race, your age, anything of that nature. This is happening around the world. I personally think it's due to toxins, all of the estrogenic chemicals in our environment, so many things working against testosterone, so many issues with sperm quality, the number of sperm and sperm quality that we're seeing in men as well. And we'll touch base on that. Um, but we'll talk about all the different underlying issues issues with egg quality and what you can do to improve your egg quality and talk about some, you know, antioxidants that you can take, uh, detoxification that you need to do, um, kind of the timeline, you know, what, when you should be doing detox, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, when you're thinking about conceiving and we'll also, you know, go into why you really want to be working on your nutrition and taking lots of antioxidants and detox well before you think about getting pregnant because you can have voracious food cravings if you're nutrient deficient, especially when you're, you're pregnant. And that will really facilitate you gaining a lot of weight during pregnancy, which is, I think, why women gain weight uh, during pregnancy is just because of these severe nutrient deficiencies and that the body will you know, rob you of everything, all the minerals in your teeth and your bones and in your hair and just other parts of your body and just give it all to the baby. And a lot of women find themselves starving to death and also uh, very depleted following the pregnancy. And so to avoid that fiasco, you want to be, you know, feeding your body a lot of nutrients, but more on that um, on the podcast. Uh, but I know you guys listening to the show, you're concerned about detoxification. You're concerned about your body burden of toxins, especially if you're thinking about conceiving. So I want you to go take my quiz at heavymetalsdetox.com. It only takes a couple of minutes. And then after that, you'll get a free video series of talking all, all about detoxification, where to begin, um, what kind of testing you may want to do, what kind of supplements supplements are right to start a detox on your own, uh, you know, and, and how to work with a practitioner and things like that. If you want to do your own, uh, you know, a detox with a practitioner, lots of your questions answered, go take the quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Dr. Angela Potter, is a functional medicine naturopathic doctor and leading expert in PCOS fertility. She's a creator of the PCOS fertility protocol that helps women with an individualized approach to having the best chance of becoming pregnant if they have a PCOS diagnosis. Uh, Dr. Potter is also a speaker and has shared the stage with various CEOs and global thought leaders from corporations like Google, Microsoft, and Headspace. And she's also been interviewed for articles on healthline.com. Uh, Dr. Potter is a nutritionist as well as a doctor. And she lives in Portland, Oregon with her husband and two kids. You can learn more about Dr. Potter and her work at drangelapotter.com. Dr. Potter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Wendy. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and, and why you're so passionate about helping women with their fertility? Yeah. So I've been in practice for 
almost 10 years now. And I was doing a lot of just general women's health and doing some postpartum care. And then I had more and more women coming into my practice who have PCOS and were telling me things like, well, I was, you know, seeing another doctor and they just told me the only thing I could do is lose 150 pounds or they only gave me, you know, two medications and told me that was the only thing I could do. I feel like there's something more is there. And my answer is always, yes, there's a huge amount that you could be doing. And so I just noticed this big hole for women who are trying to get pregnant specifically with PCOS. And so that's when I really just changed my practice to be supporting these women and opening up my doors to, to show them all of the things that they can be, how they can be supporting their health to bring on optimal fertility without conventional treatments. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many people struggling with fertility, even, you know, including women with PCOS. So why is that? What is your kind of thoughts on, isn't it one in six couples are struggling with conception? Yes. uh About one in six worldwide, honestly. And so researchers are finding that, you know, it's not, specific to a location or ethnicity or anything like we're seeing this worldwide. Um, But from my perspective and based on the patients that I'm seeing in my clinic, you know, a lot of it is this change in our environments with exposure to toxins, with uh, lowering nutrients in our food supply because of soils not being as nutrient dense. And, um, you know, our bodies just being in this constant place of depletion, which of course then is going to show up as fertility issues because our reproductive organs and hormones just need a lot of antioxidants and really good nutrients to be functioning as they need to. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's nutrient issues or nutrient deficiencies are uh, such a big problem because I think some, we have so much stress also that we, we lose all of our minerals due to stress. We have nutritional stress and just so much working against us, so much stress in our bodies. And then how are toxins contributing to the infertility that people are experiencing today? Really in two ways. One, a lot of the toxins we're exposed to are endocrine disruptors, right? They're causing too much estrogen to be in the body, which lowers our own progesterone. So messing with the hormonal piece. Um, And then the other way is lowering our mitochondrial function. And, you know, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is egg quality and our eggs actually hold the the highest density of mitochondria in the entire body, which is amazing. You know, that shows how much, yeah, our bodies are really focused on that, on reproducing, right? I mean, that's like a survival mechanism. Um, And so if our mitochondria aren't functioning as they need to be, if they're exposed to a lot of oxidative stress from, you know, all the things we were just talking about, they're not working as they need to be, which they're not producing the energy that the eggs need to then divide their chromosomes to become nice, mature eggs. So let's talk about egg quality. So what are some of the things that women can do to improve their egg quality and improve their chances of a conception? 
Yeah. So first, you know, let's get clear on what egg quality is. Um, so when we're talking about egg quality, that's the ability of the egg to divide its chromosomes. And it's trying to get 23 chromosomes in order to, you know, that's a, a mature egg that can then get ovulated and go make a baby. If it doesn't have that 23 chromosomes, you can get pregnant, right? Trisomy 21 is one of the more common genetic abnormalities that we see because it has 21 chromosomes. But so you can get pregnant with that. But in most cases, that egg, if it doesn't have that 23 chromosomes, it is not able to connect with the sperm or implant. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to egg quality. And what, you know, kind of egg physiology is that about a year before you ovulate that egg, that's when the egg is starting to activate. Because we're born with all the eggs that we're, we'll ever have. And they're sitting just in this dormant state and the ovaries just hanging out. And then about a year before they're gonna ovulate, they start activating and dividing those chromosomes. And then about three months leading up to ovulation, they are like very, very active. And so in that, as they're dividing those chromosomes and doing all that activity, that's when they need tons of antioxidants and they need that mitochondrial support. That's when those mitochondria, you know, providing that energy are so vital for the fertility process. And so um, those eggs are sitting in this follicular fluid, which they rely on all of these antioxidants. And what, because those eggs are really susceptible to all of that oxidative stress from the toxins that we're exposed to. So, you know, reducing exposure to toxins, of course, is, you know, one important step, but then also creating a, you know, an army, right, of antioxidants on board for your body to to fight against that oxidative stress. So those eggs are just really nice and healthy when they're ready to be populated. Yeah, and I, I totally agree because we have so many toxins we're dealing with and the antioxidants uh, help in part to kind of combat that, that that free radical damage and DNA damage and things that these 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 toxins can cause. So so what are some of the top the top antioxidants that you recommend that women supplement with when they're, you know, trying to conceive? Yeah, so the top ones that I use are CoQ10 and um, N-acetylcysteine, NAC, and melatonin. So those have some really good research behind them. You know, with melatonin, that's always a conversation that I have with patients about what their sleep looks like as well, um, and if they're ready to go on melatonin because it does help people sleep more and, and so hormones. So we've got to talk about like the bigger picture of that, but it does have really good research to support equality. Yeah. And I, I think people don't really think of melatonin. They don't really think of that in the antioxidant category, but it's the very potent brain detoxer. And it's, uh, and I think a lot of, there's a, a problem with melatonin deficiency because of EMF or exposure to electromagnetic fields, uh, irritating the pineal gland and reducing melatonin production. Cause it's kind of perceiving that mel the, the EMF is light, almost any kind of light or the frequency stimulation from the EMF is drastically reducing people's melatonin, their sleep and ability to detox. 
Yes, right. And, you know, melatonin has an inverse relationship with cortisol. And so, you know, for those of us who are stressed out all day long and, you know, living this like high paced lifestyle that is very common, then you've just got all this cortisol pumping through you, then your melatonin can't rise when it needs to be. So you've got to even like take a step back and say, okay, is the melatonin low, but also what's going on with your cortisol levels throughout the day? Yes. And so many, so many stressors today that, that people are dealing with. And so what about melatonin supplementation? Because I think a lot of people get that wrong where they're taking an oral supplement and they're like, oh, the melatonin, that doesn't really work for me. What is the, the issue there? Like, how are you supposed to properly take melatonin? When we're talking about egg quality, I'm starting at a pretty low dose. And so just three milligrams is really what's been researched to support that egg quality and taking it in the evening before bed. A lot of times when I see issues with melatonin is for somebody who has really high cortisol and then they're just taking the melatonin and they're not looking at that cortisol picture that's when the issues with the melatonin come up. So another reason why it's so important to like regulate that cortisol levels and then also bring on melatonin if it's needed. Okay, great. Yeah. And I was talking about like with the melatonin, like I think people need to take liquid sublingual melatonin. Oh, I see. That, yeah. That's really what ideally uh, works really well. I really yes. like the liposomal melatonin. That's uh, really nice as well. Really helps to uh, absorb it a lot better and work a lot better. So you actually need less of it because um, it's actually, you know, penetrating and absorbing. Yes, absolutely. Which is so important when you're taking supplements, you don't want to just go out to the grocery store and pick up whatever's on the shelf because it's a waste of money if you're not absorbing it or it's the wrong amount or type. So yeah, really important. Yeah. And so uh, some other antioxidants I think are really important are vitamin E and natural vitamin E, not the uh, the synthetic vitamin E you're going to find at most grocery stores and because that helps recycle glutathione and then food-based vitamin C or and or liposomal vitamin C is is amazing as well. Super important. Yes, absolutely. Uh, selenium is also really good. Um, a lot of people are going to be getting that in their prenatal. Well, you know, I say that a lot of people, maybe a lot of my patients, but for for many women, they're they're not taking a prenatal until they're actually pregnant. But it is really important to be on a prenatal prior, like while you're trying to conceive, because particularly with folate right? You need that in the first four weeks of development. And so taking a prenatal beforehand, and then usually prenatals have selenium in them. And so that's like a good first line to be supporting your antioxidants for egg quality. Yeah. And I think it's important too, because prenatally, or if you're just of childbearing age, or if you just want to be healthy, because it, it can take a long time to replete these nutrients and replete minerals like selenium. It's not just like, oh, boom. Oh, great. I'm taking my supplements. Now I'm ready to get pregnant. It can take years or maybe you know a year to replete minerals uh, because we are so behind the eight ball with that. Our diets are so deficient in minerals. Yes, right. And when we're talking about egg quality and you're trying for natural fertility, 
then really focusing on at least that three month mark. So say you're like, okay, I want to go start some CoQ10, um, get some other antioxidants on board. And it's not like you're going to get pregnant based on doing that, that cycle. What we see is that it's really, you're focusing on the, the eggs that you're going to be ovulating three months from now um, and even further forward from that. And so it's important to, you know, even if you're not struggling with infertility, if you're like, oh, I think I want to get pregnant at some point, you want to be focusing on this preconception care for your body because you are supporting your eggs that will come down the line in a few months. Yeah. And I think also if you're, you are pregnant and you have these voracious cravings and you're just eating, 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 and you're, you, you, uh, some of those women that are gaining, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds, like I did when I was pregnant, <laughs> it's just because you're mineral deficient, you're mineral and nutrient deficient, and your body is going to make you eat until you get the minerals that you need. And so that can also be the strategy to, to replete minerals and nutrients so that you don't uh, gain a ton of weight while you're pregnant. Cause I think that's really the biggest underlying root cause. And I, when I would get hungry, I would eat a meal and then two hours later be hungry. And it wasn't a blood sugar issue. It was just that I, and I felt guilty if I didn't eat because I felt like my body was wanting me to eat for a reason. And I gained 80 pounds during my pregnancy. It was just, uh, it was, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's our, yeah, our bodies are amazing. I gained a ton of weight too. So I, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. And so let, let's talk about the role detox plays in enhancing egg quality as well. Yeah. So our bodies, again, we're just exposed on a daily basis, really, at this point to so many toxins. And the research out there is finding a very strong connection between BPA levels and lowered fertility and phthalate levels and lowered fertility. And of course, you know, BPA is in, mainly found in plastics, right? That's where you're going to have the highest exposure phthalates are in things like receipts and air fresheners and perfume, you know, anything that has a, a fragrance in it really, and a, a huge variety of other places. And so it's vital one to reduce your exposure to these things. And the research is finding that, okay, it, as long as you are lowering your exposure, that does flush some of those toxins out of the body and that helps to improve fertility. But, you know, they're finding that the exposure to BPA and phthalates directly affects the chromosomes in the eggs that a higher exposure to these chemicals then create eggs that are not able to, to make a baby because they are just affecting the chromosomes and affecting the antioxidant systems. They actually make your eggs less uh, likely to, to use their own antioxidants to protect themselves. It's really crazy. So that's why then, you know, getting a detox on board when thinking about getting pregnant. Now, it's a little tricky. Like I always have to talk with patients about their own timelines because when you're detoxing and again, like detox, you can do a variety of levels of detoxing, right? One could be just reducing exposure and getting some extra leafy greens on board or whatever. And then, or you could be doing like a medical grade detox, right? Having like specific phase one, phase two nutrients and doing that. 
um, doing that kind of a level of detox can be incredibly beneficial. But when you are shedding that level of toxins, you want to wait at least six months before trying to get pregnant. Six months to a year is really the recommended time to wait. And so, you know, this is great for you if you're a little bit younger and you know that you're not concerned about your timeline. So you want to be doing it that way. You know, people who are a little bit older, it's a harder decision for them. And also, you know, talking about that, I just want to touch on age and egg quality, because of course, in our medical system, there is this idea that at age 35, you are a geriatric <laughs> lady, <laughs> you are getting pregnant. Like that's the term that's used. And um, it, that, that's not the case that it's like all of a sudden you're 35 or 39 that you can't have a baby because what's happening is that sure, you have more years behind you where you're struggling with nutrient deficiencies, mineral deficiencies, hormone imbalances that are making it harder to get pregnant. But the more that you focus on your egg quality and, and of course, anything else that's going on, like hormone imbalances, but you can be improving your egg quality so then you can have a baby, right? Because if you're at, say, you're 39 trying to get pregnant, yes, you have fewer eggs than a 31-year-old. But if you are hyper-focused on you know, doing a detox, getting antioxidants on board for your egg quality then, you know, think about your chance there versus somebody who's 31 who has more eggs, but is, you know, working in a chemical plant or, you know, on a farm, being exposed to lots of pesticides and eating a super standard American diet, you know, like their egg quality is probably more poor. And, you know, think about your chances with that. So it's not just about your age and number of eggs. It really has to do with what you're doing to support your health and that egg quality. Okay. Fantastic. That's it's a really, really so many different things to be thinking about. And so what are some of the biggest mistakes that women make when they're thinking about improving their egg quality or their, their chances of conception? Yeah. So one thing is not focusing on it at all. And it's really surprising. I mean, many fertility clinics even are not approaching this subject of egg quality. They're, you know, not talking about a protocol for egg quality at all. And so then that leaves those women and those families that are going into those clinics thinking, well, I don't have to do anything at all. And um, it's like, no, there are as we've talked about, some very foundational things that you can be doing to support this egg quality. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of these things that, you know, you're suggesting are things that people need to do just in general for their health. You know, when it comes to, you know, detoxification, taking nutrients, reducing stress, and and also I think reducing EMF exposure and uh, paying attention to that is important as well. It's a huge stressor for sleep and for the body. People kind of don't take, take into account um, but also there's some, something to be said for male sperm quality as well. And guys have to do the same stuff. It's not just, you know, the woman uh, and her egg quality that the men had, they have to do all these same things 
to improve their sperm as well, because there can be a lot of uh, problems uh, there as well. There's, I mean, can you talk about the the male sperm counts now and how low they are compared to just 50 years ago? I mean, it's just insane. Right. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of lowered sperm counts right now, uh, lowered motility and an increase in changes of the sperm, right? Morphology. And um, it's just, it's been a huge issue. And yet there's still this idea, like this societal norm that we feel as the women, like when there's a fertility issue, oh, it's my body. Um, it's, you know, I, my hormones or I need to be doing something about this. And it's typically from what I've seen, it's always the woman who's first to go in and be like, what can I be doing? What's wrong? How can we fix this? But looking at like sperm counts, it's the guys that need to be going in. And um, sperm is faster, has a faster turnaround, right? So eggs, you're thinking about at least three months. Sperm can be faster than that, you know, like a month, 90 days, or sorry, like a month, month and a half. And sperm can be turning over in a positive direction. So that's why, you know, I'm always talking with patients about, okay, as you, as the guy gotten a sperm analysis, and even if the sperm analysis is fine, most sperm analysis tests are not looking at DNA changes in the sperm. And so that's really important because when we're talking about chromosomes, right, that's what we're talking about with egg quality, that sperm is providing chromosomes for this new baby. So if the guy's DNA is not doing what it needs to be doing, then, you know, they need to be taking similar nutrients and doing some detox and getting their health on board so that, because they're half of the picture. Yeah. I heard something crazy, like even 50 or a hundred years ago, there, there was 120 million sperm. I forget the exact um, amount, but now it's 20 million on average, I mean, a dramatic, dramatic reduction in the amount of, of sperm, not even counting the quality. Uh, I'm sure yeah. a much, much lower quality of sperm as well. Yeah. And that, you know, it's similar with women, like the, the amount of extra toxins in our world and, and stress and all of that. But then there's this added part for sperm with, um, you know, they're pretty sensitive to heat. So laptops on the lap right? Cell phones in the pockets and EMFs as well. So there's kind of that whole picture that is not talked about a lot and yet has been researched to have found that that lowers sperm levels. And so, and that's something also like pretty basic that guys can be thinking about to improve their sperm count. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to think about not eating that fast food and drinking beer and, you know, some of the things that, you know, just uh, improving one's lifestyle. They can do it for a fairly short period of time, but they've got to, you know, join in this this too uh, to, to help with improved fertility. Um, yeah. So what else can be done to, to figure out the best step for optimizing fertility and, and egg quality? Anything else? Yeah. So, and again, because I'm working with PCOS, um, really taking a look at what your PCOS type is. And, um, this can be helpful if you don't have PCOS as well. It really, 
and what it is is figuring out the root cause of your fertility. Um, but I'll speak to PCOS mainly is that, you know, there's four different types of PCOS, insulin resistant, adrenal, post pill and inflammatory. And you've got to figure out what type of PCOS that you have. And you might be a mix of a few types or all of them, um, because then that lays that foundation for figuring out your fertility plan. That's going to open up the most results for you. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about the, those different types of PCOS. Yeah. Great. Insulin resistant is one type, which surprises a lot of people because there's this idea that PCOS means insulin resistant. Um, it's not a part of the diagnosis at all. There's plenty of women out there with PCOS who don't have insulin resistance. And there it, it's really called like, I don't really like the term, but it's skinny type PCOS. Um, and of course, people who are skinny can have blood sugar issues, but I'm not going to go down that route. <laughs> um, so, but insulin resistant is just one type. So you've got to know, is insulin an issue for you? Typically what we see is an autoimmune condition associated with this PCOS diagnosis. Um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is number one, the top autoimmune disease that I see along with PCOS. And that's why, you know, it's really important to get a comprehensive thyroid analysis run because most doctors are just running TSH and you can have an absolutely perfect, beautiful TSH and still have the antibodies and have Hashimoto's. Um, but that inflammatory picture, that's an important, you know, if you've got inflammatory PCOS detox is going to be pretty important for you. Uh, adrenal PCOS is going to be that um, cortisol levels are imbalanced throughout the day. And for that, you know, getting a salivary cortisol test to understand what your picture looks like, that's going to be really important. And then the fourth, the post pill PCOS is the typical picture for that is somebody who had pretty great regular periods then got on hormonal birth control. Doesn't have to be the pill. It could be like the Mirena IUD and then gets off of that hormonal birth control. All of a sudden, you know, weight gain, acne, uh, irregular periods and can't get pregnant. So um, indeed that type of PCOS detox is going to be the most important because, you know, we're finding that the pill just is um, the liver. It, it kind of stagnates the liver and uh, creates this hormonal imbalance that honestly can be reversed um, if you see that from the pill. But yeah, detox is going to be really important in that type. Okay, great. And so, so any any recommendations you have for women with with PCOS and and kind of uh, planning their their pregnancy in anything beyond what we talked about on the show today? Yeah. I mean, so let's see with PCOS, you know, kind of the steps you want to take is first to figure out your PCOS type, um, get a comprehensive hormone evaluation done, and then, you know, get an individualized plan that evaluates, okay, what is your toxic load look like? And is detox a really important part of your fertility? Because that you want to do that early on, as we've talked about how you, you need to wait to get pregnant if you're doing like a high level detox. Doing that, getting a fertility food plan in place is really important because 
Um, I was a nutritionist before becoming a doctor. So food is always like baseline, right? For me and how I'm working with patients. And yeah, and just getting that plan on board that helps to balance the, the hormones that are out of whack for you and helping your ovaries to be as healthy as they can be to get rid of extra cysts, if that's your picture, getting testosterone lowered. So having that individualized plan is really important. Yeah. And I think there's an issue also with women going to their conventional medical doctor and really uh, they're not getting any information about the underlying root causes of PCOS or their uh, difficulty in conceiving. And they're just kind of generally told, oh, it's really hard for you to conceive. And I think women like will give up hope when there's so much that they can do that they're just not aware of. They're not given options or functional lab tests or looking at detoxification or any of these things that can go a long way to improving their chances of fertility. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I like to talk to women about the fact that, you know, conventional fertility care is really like an assembly line, right? You go and talk to your doctor for PCOS, usually metformin is recommended. And then move forward, you try, you know, letrozole or an IUI and, and that doesn't work, then you move forward for IVF. And it's just like, it's just this assembly line that's not taking into consideration your unique needs. And yeah, that leaves women feeling like their bodies are broken and they, you know, can't become a mother. And yet it's just because they aren't given the tools and no one's taking the time to understand, okay, what are all these different aspects of your body that's inhibiting fertility and how can we fix these? Yeah. Fantastic. And so why don't you tell the listeners where they can learn more about your work and, and how they can work with you as well to improve their chances of conception? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me over on my website, drangelapotter.com. And I do offer free PCOS fertility breakthrough sessions. So if you're in that place where you feel lost and broken, that's going to be perfect for you because we talk about, you know, why what you've been doing so far hasn't been working. And then I also get you action steps in order to move forward with your fertility and um, I'm also over on YouTube and Facebook, and I've got a pretty active blog as well with um, fertility and PCOS articles. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Dr. Potter, thank you so much for joining us on the Meyer Detox podcast. And, and everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers, and it's such a joy every week to bring you experts from around the world to help you give you the you know, help give you those missing pieces of the puzzle that you're looking for to improve your health. And, you know, I just I love what I do. I feel so fortunate to be in this position and uh to to help you guys because you deserve to feel good and I want to help you get there. Amazing. Thank you so so much for having me here. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Potter. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.